At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the sports betting network. And then there were eight, as it is the Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, and we are down to eight teams that are vying for an NCAA Tournament Championship. Now, you do have a couple lesser tournaments out there as well, those of you guys that really want to get into it. You've got the College Basketball Classic and the NIT going down, but as we know, when it comes to the biggest prize in all of college basketball, down to eight teams as we wound up having some absolutely tremendous action on Friday. So, we're going to be calling in a gentleman that is going to have a pretty big interest in what we're going to be seeing on Saturday. That'd be Ryan Rossi, and he does a great job with the CityCast over here at Visa, and he does the Philadelphia one. As we know, that is where Villanova is located, and we've been seeing some of these games going down in the great city of Philadelphia as well. That's where UNC versus UCLA won the best games all season long, in my opinion, was played along the St. Peter's versus Duke game was as well, so... And ask him about that region. We're also going to ask him about what he's expecting on this Saturday from Villanova. So we're going to have some fun there. We're going to take a look at everything that we wound up getting in college basketball tonight, turning it forward to what we're going to be seeing this weekend. And then on top of that, we've also got baseball that's going to be coming up in a week and a half. Those of you guys that know me, I really handicap two sports mainly, college basketball and baseball. So doing a lot of research the last few weeks, taking a look at advanced analytics from last season, taking a look at some prospecting rankings, taking a look at guys that wound up finishing up either very, very strong or very, very weakly towards the back half of the season. So we're going to be taking a look at some season wins. We're going to be taking a look at some futures as well. So we've got a jam-packed three hours here on the Greg Peterson Experience. But 
Got to take a look at everything that we wound up getting on this college basketball Friday. It's really the most stunning thing that we've seen in the NCAA tournament, perhaps ever. The Peacocks of St. Peter's get the job done by a count of 67 to 64 against Purdue. They actually open up at 12 and a half point underdogs and close 13 point underdogs. So that shows you that a lot of people had a lot of faith in them. And well, with St. Peter's, how they've been able to do it and how they've been able to get to this point is via their defense. A top 15 team in all of college basketball with regards to points allowed on a per possession basis. And that is the blueprint of winning in March. You take a look at all the teams that have won over the last decade in college basketball, last 10 years, because, well, it's been a short decade here in the 2020s, but all of them have had top 30 defenses in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. And, and you even take a look at all those teams that wound up bowing out very early in the NCAA tournaments as big favorites. All of them were teams that were outside the top 30 with regards to their defensive efficiency. So I do think that there is something to it. And with St. Peter's, it's a team that has been able to do a better job here in the NCAA tournament at the free throw line as well. Free throw shooting really, really matters. I think that we've seen that just all throughout college basketball, whether that be just from a normal fan perspective. Those of you guys that wind up taking the spread of like, for instance, Villanova versus... Villanova versus Michigan, like we wound up seeing yesterday, you were able to feel much easier about laying the points with Villanova when you have the best free throw shooting team in all of college basketball rather than a team that shooting like Boise State, for instance, 65%. You don't want like Captain McUncoordinated seven footer stepping up to the free throw line late in games. And this is a St. Peter's punch that it's just one of the most impressive things that we've ever seen. This is a team that they wound up getting swept by Siena earlier this year. The Saints of Siena, who they've had their college basketball tournament triumphs of their own, but certainly something that I don't think a lot of people wound up seeing. You've got a guy in Doug Eater, who is someone that looks like he should be doing like rips at a coffee shop on the acoustic guitar, and he's given the team double figures with the mustache. It's absolutely tremendous, and what else was really big for St. Peter's as well? The ability to guard the three-point shot. Coming into this game against Purdue, it was a team that was allowing opponents to shoot sub-30% from three-point range, top 20 in all of college basketball. Purdue was a team that at the beginning of the year, they were shooting nearly 40% from three. Last eight games, they were shooting 32.5% from three-point range, five of 21 from distance, and you always hear a bunch of people that they talk about it with these matchups. St. Peter's versus Purdue, you're able to go back to the Michigan versus Villanova game. How is Villanova going to be able to match up with seven foot 100 Dickinson? How is St. Peter's going to be able to match up with a significantly taller Zach Eady? And the answer is, a lot of these taller guys, they don't necessarily have the world's greatest coordination, and you wind up just trying to throw them out of rhythm. St. Peter's did exactly that. I mean, even without Casey Unefu for much of the back half of this game, he only played in 19 minutes. He was the leader in block shots in all of college basketball last season they were still able to do a relatively solid job in that respect. And once again, it's a Purdue team that with regards to points a lot on a per possession basis, they entered into the night outside of the top 150. St. Peter's was able to do a very good job of taking care of the ball. 15 to eight was the difference in turnovers in this game as well. So you want to be always taking a look at that because when a team is able to get clean possessions, it typically leads to just more bites in the apple in general of being able to put points up on the board. 
and we've seen one of the most efficient teams in all of college basketball be able to make the Elite Eight. Miami, they take down Iowa State by a count of 70 to 56. An Iowa State team that all season long, they've been able to do a good job of being able to generate turnovers. And for Miami, 14 turnovers is a lot for them, but they still won that battle by a count of 18 to 14. Side note before we wind up going on with this, everyone wound up having three ACC schools in the Elite Eight, didn't they? This is for a conference that there were some people that were calling for a one-bid ACC in the NCAA tournament. Well, the ACC has three schools in the Elite Eight. You've got yourself the SEC with one school in the Elite Eight. You got the Metro Atlantic with one school, and you've got zero out there in the Big Ten. So that goes to show how things wind up sometimes shaping up in March, and doesn't necessarily mean that the Metro Atlantic is better than the Big Ten by any stretch of the imagination, but certainly when it comes to March success, it is always very strange as to what you wind up getting, but with Miami, you've got to love the way that they've been able to have senior guards being able to take over the game as well. That is something else that we've been noticing in March as well. You've got a Purdue team that, I mean, Sasha Safadovich has been around for a few years. Jaden Ivey, he's a sophomore, but those St. Peter's guys, they've been on campus for quite a while. Miami, they've got Cam Mcgusty along with Charlie Moore, a pair of guys that they're in, at minimum, their fifth year because Cam McGussie began his career at Oklahoma. This guy is ancient. Charlie Moore, he's a guy that I think wound up playing during the 2017-18 season at Cal. This guy has been around the block as well. He wound up beginning his career at Cal, wound up then going to Kansas, then spent a little bit of time at DePaul. Now here, here he is at Miami, and all of a sudden they've been able to find success, and I think that it's just so intriguing to take a look at this because you got a lot of teams with experience that are left here in the NCAA tournament. Much of it is out there in the backcourt. Villanova, once again, we'll go back to them. Colin Gillespie, fifth-year senior, a guy that wound up getting robbed of the last few NCAA tournaments. That's something that you want to take a look at. And for Iowa State, it was a team that they were leaning on a freshman in Tyree Sunaru. He's going to have some great days if he winds up staying around for his sophomore campaign because he's been absolutely tremendous for the Iowa State team. But you could tell that Miami was the older, more experienced team out there in the backcourt. That wound up winning out Cam McGussie, 27 points, 6 rebounds, did an absolutely superb job. And though Miami did wind up having the turnovers, they still did a good job of being able to throw out the ball. 21 assists on their 26 made buckets. I think that that's just very key with this Iowa State team. You give them a lot of credit for being able to get here to the Sweet 16. Here, let me put this into perspective as to what Iowa State was able to do this year. They wound up winning two games all of last season. Both of them came against the Southwestern Athletic Conference. They were against Jackson State and Arkansas Pine Bluff. They won two games in the NCAA tournament this year. Now, you wound up having a strange year last year, which COVID wound up taking away a lot of those non-conference games. But to go from two wins the previous year to two NCAA tournament wins this year, that has to be a first. Unless if you wind up having like some sort of a startup program from like 1939 when they wound up playing the first ever NCAA tournament or something like that. I mean, just absolutely insane what we've been seeing with that regard. But you wind up seeing with Miami, the experienced guard play was able to win out. And for North Carolina, it's not necessarily that you've got like a whole bunch of fifth-year guys out there in the backcourt or anything like that, but Caleb Love coming back for his sophomore year and him just going bonkers in this game against UCLA was key. North Carolina, they get the job done. They are on to the Elite Eight as well. They've got some pretty good experience out there in the backcourt, in my opinion. Even a guy like Aliki Black, who he didn't wind up contributing much with regards to scoring. Wound up playing 39 minutes. He only wound up giving you two points, but he's a guy that has been around the block 
for this team as well. A guy that is a six foot eight, little bit of a combo player in his fourth year on campus. And when it comes to North Carolina as well, I do think that their defense is going to catch up with them. You wound up seeing UCLA in this contest, wind up going five of 14 from three point range. And I do think that a little bit of an issue for the team is that they weren't able to get to the free throw line, only five of eight at the charity stripe for UCLA. But with North Carolina, they are utilizing their backcourt and they're not turning the ball over. Only eight turnovers in this game now. They do not do a good job of being able to generate turnovers. They are a team that, as a matter of fact, with regards to turnovers on a per-possession basis away from home, is in the bottom five in all of college basketball. I think it's going to be very intriguing how they wind up matching up with the Peacocks of St. Peter's. And I'll be taking a look at that matchup a little bit more on the other side because I think that it's one of the most ridiculous matchups we've ever seen. If you wind up having a St. Peter's versus North Carolina Elite Eight matchup, I really do give you a lot of kudos because when it comes down to it and that excludes at bed, three, six, five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field, whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at bed, three, six, five. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Includes a flip a coin bracket because if you wind up flipping a coin, well, that's not necessarily your thoughts and analysis. That's the analysis of the coin. And the coin, well... Sometimes it can be very, very correct, but that said, if you wind up actually handicapping this and you wind up having that, I really am impressed, but you can't get two polar opposite schools with regards to the way that they've been able to set themselves up, both in their history and the way that things wind up running. North Carolina team, which they wind up just relying upon a whole bunch of three-point shots. St. Peter's, a team that they turn the ball over a little bit too much, but they play gritty defense. Could be one of the most fascinating matchups that we've ever seen in the NCAA tournament, and it is the beauty of it because nobody saw it coming. It does make it so great. We're going to take a little bit of a look at that on the other side, and going to be joined by Ryan Rossi in about 20 minutes as well, right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Zen nicotine pouches are a fresh way to enjoy nicotine. Nicotine pouches are smoke free and spit free, and they are made with food grade ingredients. Simply open the child resistant lid and place the pouch in between your upper lip and gum for up to one hour of real nicotine satisfaction. Zen is available in 10 varieties and two strengths. 3 milligrams of fresh nicotine satisfaction and 6 milligrams for even more nicotine enjoyment. Sim simple and discreet, you can enjoy Zin anywhere and at any time. So find your freedom, find your satisfaction, and find your Zin. 
visit ZYN.com. That's ZYN to be able to learn more about Zen Nicotine Pouches and where to find them near you. Zen Nicotine Pouches are only for adults 21 years or older who currently use tobacco or nicotine. And warning, this is a product that contains nicotine. Nicotine, it is an addictive chemical. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience with myself, Greg Eves Peterson, and was just talking about it in the first segment. What we all wanted seeing in college basketball on Friday, absolutely ridiculous. We do have to touch on one other game, by the way, Kansas versus Providence. Kansas, they were able to get by. They do not wind up getting the cover, but they take down another Big East foe by kind of 66 to 61. And all of a sudden, with regards to the futures market, you are now finding Kansas as the short shot. These are all via DraftKings. And it's ironic because at DraftKings, because they do wind up not having out there the New Jersey teams, it always says on the top, without Rutgers and Seton Hall, they need to add without St. Peter's because the gosh darn Peacocks are the only team from the state that are currently still standing. Because right now you've got Kansas at plus 275, Houston at plus 350, Duke at $4. You've got Villanova 6-1, North Carolina 6-1, 10-1 on Arkansas, Miami at 25-1, which I don't know if Miami should be that much further away than everyone else because Miami has been able to play some relatively solid basketball. They already went into Cameron Indoor. They got the job done there. Now, do I think that Miami is going to be your NCAA tournament winner? No, but seeing them at 25 to 1 and everyone excluding St. Peter's at 10 to 1 or less, that seems a little bit insulting for a team that has Jim Laranaga on the sidelines. And we'll get into that Kansas versus Miami matchup in a second because I'll first get get into what we're going to be seeing with regards to North Carolina versus the Peacocks of St. Peter's. But I certainly do think that if you got yourself a market in which should Kansas be the favorite right now? Absolutely. You don't want to take a plus 275 here. I mean, you just take a look at it. If you wind up playing the money line in three games in which Kansas would need to win to be able to get the NCAA tournament title, I think that you'd be able to do better off on these because if you're taking a look at the opening number right now, Kansas laying six and a half points at DraftKings, that money line is minus 280. So if you wind up just taking them on the money line in your first contest, let's say that you've got $100 at your disposal. I don't have a calculator out in front of me right now, but if you put $100 on the money line, I've got to think that at minus 280, you'd probably be able to get something in the neighborhood about 30 or so bucks back, probably actually a little bit more than that because that'd be more around a minus 300 plus, more around a minus 300 price. So a little bit over 30 bucks is what you'd be able to get there because if you wind up playing the 100, you wind up getting 370 in total. So now you're up to about like, we're going to call it $133 right now. If you wind up doing the money line rollover, you got to think that in the final four, you're going to be able to get a relatively solid price if they play either Villanova or Houston. Houston is right now fighting themselves as a favorite against Villanova. I would think that Houston would probably be a very, very slight underdog against Kansas, if I were to guess. Villanova, if they're fighting themselves a two-and-a-half-point underdog here against Houston, I think that you'd be finding it relatively similar there. And if you're looking at the Houston money line right now, you're finding that at minus 150. I would think that it would probably be right around that neighborhood. So... If you wind up rolling it over, you're able to turn that $133 from there, likely into closer to $180, $190-ish. And then if you wind up having a national title that doesn't involve the Peacocks of St. Peter's, you're certainly going to get better than minus 150 there. So 
there's just not a lot of value right now when you take a look at that futures board, unless if you're betting Miami, in my opinion. But I do think that it is going to be very intriguing to see what you wind up getting in that game. And I mean, I talk about the one caveat with regards to rollover being the St. Peter's Peacocks. Right now, when it comes to the opening numbers that you're seeing out here in Las Vegas and other places, you're finding anywhere between eight and eight and a half on this number. Right now, North Carolina in most books here in Las Vegas, they're an eight point favorite. Here where I'm at at Circa, it's the main outlier. You're finding an eight and a half. Total, well, I think that some people might have copied myself because I wound up setting this line at 8 with it being a total of 137. Right now in the total, it's anywhere between 136.5 and 137. This is going to be one in which I wind up letting the line perhaps dictate itself, wind up taking a look at where the money is going to be flowing if we wind up getting a couple seven, seven halves because the Peacocks wind up getting a lot of love. I'm going to be willing to lay it with North Carolina because I wind up saying my line at eight. If we wind up seeing more places that wind up setting a line a little bit closer to Circa where you've got a total of 136 half and you're finding it at an eight and a half, then I'll be a little bit more inclined to take the over and take the St. Peter's Peacocks. I think that is a really interesting matchup because I was talking about it in the first segment. This is a St. Peter's team that they do an absolutely superb job of being able to guard the arc. A team that is in the top 20, as a matter of fact, with regards to opponent's three-point shooting percentage. And that was coming into the night. And Purdue, they wound up going 5-21 from three-point range. So that'll rise even more with St. Peter's as well. They've got the number one shot blocker in all of college basketball from last season in Casey Undefu. And they've actually got a better rebound rate in road and neutral court environments rather than at home. I think that this is the time of year in which you've got to be evaluating teams differently. You don't want to just completely disregard three plus months of data, but at the same time, you got to be taking a look at the way that these teams have been able to, for lack of a better term, reinvent themselves. And both of these teams have been able to do so because North Carolina, all of a sudden, they've been able to play a little bit of defense. This is still not a team that is generating turnovers, but what they're doing a much better job of is being able to cut off the three-pointer. UCLA shot a decent percentage from three-point range. They just couldn't get off those three-point shots. Pretty much what North Carolina said is, if you want to beat us, you have to go down low and beat Armando Baycoat. We're not going to allow you to have the three-point shot, and they did a very good job of that against UCLA. Now, this is a St. Peter's team that, they're probably going to be taking a few more three-point shots in this contest. You wound up seeing it against Purdue. They took north of 23 pointers in that game. I think that they're going to be able to do so a little bit more in this game as well. But what really does set St. Peter's apart is that you've got a lot of depth with this team as well. We've noticed it with a lot of these teams in the NCAA tournament. They've really cut down their rotations. You've seen it with North Carolina. They did wind up playing Leaky Black for a bunch of minutes in their game against UCLA, but they really only had two guys come off the bench. Puff Johnson was able to give you 10 minutes off the bench, and then you got Mr. Diet, Mr. Styles and Don Tread Styles, who wound up giving you five minutes. That was about it. St. Peter's is able to give you a wide variety of different looks, and I think that that works to their advantage at this point because you've got Doug Edert, who's coming in off the bench. He's playing his guitar solos. He's rocking the mustache. He's able to parry threes. You love what you're seeing there. You've got the dramas in... Busani along with Hassan Adrame, who combined for 12 rebounds per game. You got a guy in Matthew Lee who's able to stroke it from three-point range. Then you take a look at the rest of the guys off the bench. Someone like an Isaiah Dasher winds up coming in from Portland. He's been a good sharp shooter for this team. You've been able to get some relatively solid minutes, and you really saw it against Purdue and Jalen Murray, a guy that's a freshman, a little bit of an undersized guy that gives you right around six points per contest, has come up very big in these circumstances in the NCAA tournament. In the NCAA tournament, there are three games, 8.6.6 points, not necessarily something that is overly flashy, but takes care of the ball. 
good on-ball defender, a guy that winds up being able to do a solid job of coming on off the bench and shooting threes as in road and neutral court environments, shooting right around 43% from three. And I think that that's going to throw North Carolina for a little bit of a loop. And what I do think is going to be something to take a look at as well is that I know that there's a lot of people that are talking about our people taking St. Peter's seriously. And I think that when it comes to Hubert Davis and his progression as a coach, he is going to do so. I don't think that that needs to be any sort of a concern for North Carolina. When you wind up getting down to this point of the season, you're not going to be giving short shrift to anyone. It doesn't matter what it says on the front of the jerseys, whether it says Duke, whether it says Arkansas, whether it says, obviously, they're out of the NCAA tournament, but Gonzaga, or if it winds up saying St. Peter's. I mean, if we wound up saying Chicago State be in the Elite Eight, they wouldn't be... Uh, winding up undermining them they're going to be up for this game that does not concern me really at all but what I think is going to be strange is it's just a different style for both of these teams St. Peter's is a team that they wind up taking a couple bye games every single year they always play against a team like St. John's who plays super up tempo they look to generate a bunch of swipes and then they wind up playing against a Providence team that's pretty much the opposite of that and St. Peter's because they do wind up having that experience I actually think that it puts them in a little bit of better footing. I wound up saying my number at eight. If this winds up being eight exactly, I would rather take the points rather than lay the points in this spot because I actually think that St. Peter's matches up halfway decent here with North Carolina. I'm not going to call it an ideal matchup, but at the same time, you take a look at what they wound up having to do against Kentucky, a Kentucky team that with regards to offensive efficiency was in the top 15 in all of college basketball. They had one dominant rebounder in Oscar Sheboy. They were able to do a good job of letting Sheboy get his rebounds and pretty much neutralize everyone else. Did a good job on the three-point arc, and I think that they're going to be able to do so once again. So, hate Aurora, like we're seeing right now with this Peacock team, going to be a look on them and I think it's going to be really interesting to see what way this total winds up moving because we wound up seeing just one over in the Sweet 16 game. I think we're going to get a couple more here. I do think that you wind up getting a 136 and a half, 137, especially if you wind up getting some late game felling. You've got a good possibility of an over and we've got a great possibility of some great analysis next. Brian Rossi does an amazing job with the Philadelphia CityCast. Joins me next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We're back on the Greg Peterson experience with myself, Greg Eves Peterson, and the man that is joining me right now. You're able to follow him on Twitter at WiseRye. It is Ryan Rothstein, does a terrific job with the city cast that we wind up doing over here at VSIN. We've got one in so many different cities. He does the one over there in the city of Philadelphia, and Ryan. It is great to see all those jerseys behind you, and it's great to see you tonight. Thank you so much. Ah, absolutely, man. Thank you. It's the second compliment I've received here about the jerseys. I'm, I'm getting a big head, but I uh, appreciate you having me. I absolutely love it. I am a jersey head of myself, so I absolutely love all of those. Hopefully, I'll be able to one, I'll be able to wear the one of Kansas as I wind up picking them to be able to win the NCAA title. So we've got our fingers crossed there, and. I know you've got your fingers crossed for Villanova as well. They are in the Elite Eight. They're going to be taking on Houston right around a two and a half point underdog. Some places we're seeing a couple twos out there as well. But 
What do you expect from this game? Because I think that it's just so fascinating. You've got a Houston team that is a little bit bigger, a Villanova team that in the backcourt is a little bit more experienced. Houston has been dealing with some injuries out there in the backcourt. So these two teams certainly have their strengths. They certainly have their weaknesses. I think it's going to be a good one. What are the thoughts of yourself, Ryan? Another great game here. And it's going to be tough for Villanova, but heck, this is the time. I mean, it's it's sort of a captain obvious statement when I'm saying this is going to be a tough game. Elite eight, Houston, Villanova. Houston obviously looking for uh, looking for their second straight final four appearance for the March Madness tournament. I mean, Houston, you know this, Greg, but for the listeners out there, what does Houston like to do, especially defensively? They like to pressure the ball. They get up in you, as we like to say. They want to slow you down. Um, but that's sort of what Villanova wants to do anyway. And Villanova, they want to pick and roll you. They want to backdoor cut you. They want to run the shot clock down Houston 15th in the country uh, in pick and roll defense Villanova 10th in pick and roll frequency on offense. So, I mean, I can rattle off statistics all night long. That kind of gets a little bit boring, but my point here is their strengths coincide with one another on each side of the ball. So I think it sort of bodes well for Villanova because what Houston is going to want to do to their opponents, Villanova's fine with that. That doesn't mean that it's a favorable matchup for Villanova. Houston's no slouch, but man, Nova has a slight dog two to two and a half. Like you said, uh, I see it at bet rivers at two and a half Villanova, obviously the underdog plus plus one twenty for Nova. I would be happy to take the two and a half with Villanova. I think it's going to be a close game. I also will look to sprinkle a little bit on the money line at plus 120. Villanova's in a groove right now. Okay. And I know they lack depth, they lack rim protection, all the things that you and I have talked about over the past month or two. But I I think Villanova's going to have enough here. Couple that with Jay Wright and Gillespie leading the charge. It's going to be a tough out for Houston. And then one thing that I've been hearing about as well is that Kong Gillespie did wind up suffering a little bit of a lower body injury in that Sweet 16 win. Has there been anything that has led you to perhaps having a little bit of a concern with his health coming into the game with a little bit more boots on the ground, having a couple more sources out there? Because from everything I've heard, he wound up getting a little bit rolled up. Doesn't seem too bad, but any reason to be concerned about that? Yeah, no, it's it's a good thing to bring up. Um, nothing, nothing has been reported. Few people that I spoke with haven't really told me anything that you know the the average person, I guess, hasn't already seen or or read. If they want to kind of look into it a little bit, so he's obviously going to play. But still, if it's an injury that's hampering him a little bit, that certainly could be enough to uh, tip the scales in in Houston's favor. But I don't think that's going to be the case. Yep, I agree with you there. I've been taking a look to see if there's been anything of Massive concern really hasn't been a lot in my opinion. And Colin Gillespie is going to play in this game. No if hands or buts about it. This is a guy yeah. that, unless if he literally cannot wind up putting any weight whatsoever on that leg, he is going to go because he's been robbed of each of the last two NCAA tournaments. So I do think that we are certainly going to be seeing him out there. And we're going to be seeing the Peacocks of St. Peter's in the Elite Eight, just like everyone on their bracket wound up having. I think that was like 87% of brackets had St. Oh, wait, never mind. 0.87%. And I have to think that darn near all of those were those classic flip a coin bracket and or you were a graduate of St. Peter's. I don't think St. Peter himself wound up having St. Peter's in the Elite Eight. And now you've got them against North Carolina. And opening numbers, you're finding North Carolina anywhere between an eight to an eight and a half point favorite. And 
I mean, this is a case in which I wound up saying my number at eight, but at eight exactly, I would rather take the points rather than lay them at this point. I do think that this is a St. Peter's team that we've got to be evaluating differently. And I know you actually saw a little bit of St. Peter's from the Metro Atlantic tournament as well. Just how insane has the growth of this team been just in the matter of the last few weeks? I, it doesn't make any sense. I, I can't put it into words. I mean, if you can find someone that can put it into words, please let me know who that is. I would love to speak to him. It makes zero sense. It makes absolute zero sense. I mean, how do you handicap this game? I mean, seriously, how do you handicap the St. Peter's UNC game? It, it, everything that you can say has already been said against St. Peter's and they just continue to shut all of us up. I mean, this is a team that looks like they're going to be one of the toughest outs remaining in this tournament. Obviously they're one of eight, but still, even now that they're here, I, I I'm not betting against them. And it's just such an unbelievable story. I mean, I tweeted this out earlier at this point, this is one of the greatest uh, sports stories in sports history. I mean, who wants to be the guy that bets against this story right now? I mean, I'm either just going to take the eight, maybe take the money line at plus 270, or I'm going to sit back and watch because this is just one of the coolest things. I think any sports fan has ever experienced. I joked when I saw him in the max uh, championship conference championship, they looked like I was watching a high school team. I mean, no disrespect to them now, but you ask me about the evolution. I, I, I can't pinpoint it, man, but they're playing with all the confidence in the world. To your point, I mean, they've got a guy who's six foot seven and Casey Undefu is really their main post player. They've got a sharpshooter and Doug Eddard, who, I mean, yeah. I keep on thinking that this guy should be in like a rock and roll band or something like that, rather than burying threes. It's absolutely tremendous to see. And then, I mean, how fitting is it that they go up against one of the blue bloods of blue bloods yeah. in North Carolina a team with all this history. If they wind up winning this game, they get either Arkansas or Duke. And I would love nothing more than to see coach K have to go up against the Peacocks and the Peacocks feed the team in the final four that winds up ending the career of coach K. We might get it. I mean, we, might we might get a case in which St. Peter's ends the career of coach K in the final four, which I mean, it's like, Oh, coach K made the final four in his final year. That makes sense to the Peacocks. What in the world right. is that? So I am certainly <laughs> pulling for that. That would be absolutely hilarious if we do wind up getting it. So I mean, that's just insane. And what else is insane is that I know that you're out there in Philadelphia and the folks out there, they love their baseball. We're going to be hitting upon some baseball futures tonight. What is the outlook of the Philadelphia Phillies? Because the Phillies are always a team that is tantalizing because they've got a lot of talent. Bryce Harper is a guy that honestly, he had a really good year last year. You can poop on Bryce Harper all you want, but I mean, he hasn't done too bad in comparison to the contract. It's been the bullpen every single year. Is there any hope for that bullpen? No, no. Can, oh, no. How's your arm? <laughs> how's your arm? Can you, can you give the Phillies an inning or two? I mean, listen, they signed Castellanos. They signed Schwarber. That's exciting. I mean, that's enough here locally where, listen, this is a team that hasn't made the postseason since 2011. This is a team that has a win total, depending on where you're looking, 84 and a half at bet rivers in Pennsylvania. Right now, they haven't gone over 83 wins since that year, since 2011, the last time they made the postseason. So this is a fan base that hasn't seen a playoff team in, in the Phillies in a decade, Greg, and you're going into this season before those two big signings, like, eh, 
Okay. I mean, another 500 year, maybe if we're lucky, probably going to fall short. You expand the postseason, you add some serious bats to that lineup. The question is the defense stinks. Uh, it's not really questions here. The defense stinks. The bullpen stinks. There's no depth in the starting rotation. What are they going to get from Aaron Nola? Wheeler, who's a Cy Young candidate last year and going into this season, uh, he's dealing with some shoulder soreness. What version of him are we going to get? If you can get Wheeler and Nola giving you consistent uh, success at the top of that rotation with the lineup, this is a team that you look at their World Series odds, 35 to one, some places even as low as 28 to one. I like them for a World Series sleeper team for talking sleepers. I even like them to win the division, despite it being a tough division, uh, right around five to one. But man, there's still some serious question marks. Yep, there certainly are. But the one thing that we wind up seeing out there in the National League East is as long as you've got a heartbeat, you've got yourself a shot because a lot of people thought that the Atlanta Braves should have folded on the season last year. They decided, you know what, we're going to go for it. I think that that was probably the best thing that we could have seen in baseball, a team that was in, in between being buyers and sellers at the deadline, going for it, winning the title. So that is absolutely tremendous. And what else is amazing? All the work that you do, Ryan. I know that you're a man that is working tirelessly. I know that you do some great work over there at WIP as well. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I'm just trying to be like you, Greg. Thank you so much, man. Ryan does absolutely terrific work. He does the city cast for Bet Rivers out there in Philadelphia. Work over there at WIP as well. And hey, we talked a little bit of baseball. Coming up next, let's take a look at some baseball features and take a look at the MVP awards. That's up next right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Wendy's Breakfast is the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stacked starting lineup like the Breakfast Baconator, the Croissant Combo, or Hot and Cold Coffee. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing back the breakfast legends oven baked, sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes and a simple OJ to be able to bring it home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru or pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness today. Choose wisely and choose Wendy's as it is a great Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. That team is good, but the team that works over here at VEASAN is even better. You've got my producer, Brian Ortega. We may disagree on the shift. Brian, if you don't like the shift, that just have guys hit it to the other side because if you hit it to the other side enough, people aren't going to do this shift. Outlying that is just absolutely ridiculous. We will never agree on that, but we do agree that everything else is absolutely tremendous. And Brian always does amazing work on this show. You've also got, you've also got everyone else behind the scenes. You've got my man. You've at bed three six five. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. 
I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Yeah, my man... Oh man, I'm forgetting all the names. You've got Brad who's on the you've got Brad who's on the audio. You've also got Oliver who posts up all the shows every single hour, and then you've got Nick who does a terrific job as the technical director. I was just so I was so into the shift because I wind up having that. And then you've got a show that's named Chad that's up in front of me, which adds like the most random thing ever that has been switched off for Sports Center. So Certainly you've got that. So everyone behind the scenes, they've always got my back. I always do appreciate it. Without them, you would not be seeing me or hearing me right now. They do absolutely amazing work. So always do appreciate that. And you've got to appreciate the fact that we are going to be getting baseball going here within the next week and a half. It's going to be starting up two Thursdays from now. And I do think that there is going to be a lot of value, especially early on during the season, because you've got a couple rule changes as well. The roster's going to be a little bit expanded towards the beginning part of the season, which I wholeheartedly agree with this because when it comes down to the baseball season, you've got a lot of guys that they wind up getting dead arm. You've got a lot of guys that in their first couple starts, they only wind up going four or five innings when they typically go six. A guy that typically goes five innings, he's going to go three to four. So having the rosters expand from 26 to 28 will allow for a few more arms out there in the bullpen. That is only going to be for the month of April, but that does wind up giving you a little bit of advantage. Now, gosh, you've got the ghost runner rollback, and that's absolutely terrible. I know that there are some people I like it. I think it's the death of baseball, personally. I absolutely cannot stand it. In extra innings, you wind up getting the ghost runner rollback. That's just absolutely ridiculous. So that is really sad. Now, doubleheaders are back to being nine innings, so you're no longer going to have these seven-inning doubleheaders, much like you wind up seeing in the minor leagues, the postseason. It's now 12 teams. And for the 2022 season, we've now got the designated hitter. So that is going to be able to help out as well. And I mean, when it comes down to it, you've got to be shading those numbers that you wind up seeing with a lot of these National League pitchers a little bit more because when it comes to a lot of these starters, they're used to facing off against the pitchers and pitchers overall last season, they wound up hitting right around 100. So that means that you've got to be taking a look at these National League guys just a little bit differently. It's not one of these cases in which if they're on being an opponent's batting average of like a buck 60 or something like that, now you've got to shade it up to like 250 or anything like that. But you do want to be keeping that in mind just a little bit. And when it comes to odds to be able to win the MVP as well, we're going to be diving into some more season win totals in the second and third hour of the show. And coming up in the second hour as well, I've got my DK Nation pick with regards to the college basketball slate that we're going to be seeing on Saturday as well. So we've got a lot of rambunctiousness that's going to be going out here. But National League MVP is really intriguing because you've got a runaway favorite and it is not on a team that... A lot of people think they're going to be making a ton of noise. That's the rebuilding Washington Nationals with Juan Soda at plus 280. From there, Ronald Acuna, he is at 7-1. And these are by DraftKings, by the way. A 9-1, Mookie Betts, Bryce Harper, Freddie Freeman is in there at 12-1. Now with the LA, LA Dodgers. And by the way, four through six on this list, all LA Dodgers. Because you've got Mookie Betts, you've got Freddie Freeman, then you've got my man Trey Turner down for what at 13-1. We've actually got two turners for LA, so that's intriguing. Fernando Tatis Jr., he's in at 14 to 1. You gotta wonder about his health. Matt Olson, Austin Riley, 
They're both Atlanta Braves. Olsen is 20 to 1. Riley is 25 to 1. And then you've got Tyler O'Neill in at 25 to 1. And I think it's just so interesting how much things have shifted last few seasons as well. Because we all remember when Christian Yelich wound up winning the MVP out there in the National League. He was in a lot of spots like north of 75 to 1, even as things were coming down the stretch out there in the summer. And then he just wound up catching some absolute fuego and he wound up going out and winning that award. And I do think that Juan Soto should be the favorite, but whenever you're betting on these awards, you have to try to put yourself into the mind of a voter. And sometimes that can be a dark and not necessarily friendly place to be because when it comes to writers, they love guys that wind up being able to close out with a bang. You've got some of these guys, which are old fogies. They don't necessarily use a lot of the analytics. You've got a few newer guys that they completely rely upon analytics. So you've got a lot of different writers with regards to baseball. And I feel like the just sort of gap between the older writers and the younger writers is probably as big as it is in any other sport because baseball is so much about the numbers and the older writers, these more traditional numbers, the newer writers, they wind up using a lot of these saber metrics. So I do think that that makes things all the more complicated and it really gets complicated when you wind up getting into the pitchers as well because do you wind up taking a little bit more of a look at fielding independent? Do you take a look at more wins? I am always one that... You wind up taking a little bit more of a look at things like ERA, things like fielding independent strikeouts per nine rate, rather than taking a look at just the raw wins and losses. And we have seen that a lot more in recent seasons, but obviously when it comes down to it, with regards to odds to be able to win the National League MVP, you know what isn't necessarily flashy? A guy that winds up putting up all those stats on a team that winds up winning 70 games. And I think that writers just throughout the course of time have shown this, even when Mike Trout has been able to win his MVP awards. At the very least, the Angels are typically around 500. So that is something that you take a look at. And, and you take a look at the odds right now for American League MVP. So we'll get back to the National League in a second. Joey Otani and Mike Trout are your two short shots right now in the American League. Otani at plus 380, 4-1 with Mike Trout. And then from there, you got Flydito Jr., Flydero Jr. at plus 450. Everyone else is 16 to one or worse. Wanda Franco is at 18 to one. Aaron Judge is 16 to one. Rafael Devers, Jose Ramirez, Bo Bichette are all at 20 to one. And then Jordan Alvarez, Luis Robert is at 22 to one. And man, it's very intriguing that you don't have Jose Altuve on that list. I mean, for him to be outside of that, to me, is just very strange. But getting back to the National League, I do think that it is a case in which does Juan Soto I value as the short shot? I think that he should be the favorite, but him at plus 280 and absolutely nobody else, that is, in my opinion, just too short. You take a look at the number two option in Ronald Acuna Jr. And with Ronald Acuna Jr., he has been an absolutely tremendous player. How much can you trust in a player coming off a catastrophic injury being the number two player on this list? So if Ronald Acuna Jr. is fully healthy, he probably should be number two on this list. But with that said, how can you wind up investing in 7-1 to right now when you just don't know what you're going to be able to get out of him? He's probably going to wind up missing the first couple weeks of the season. That is something in which you don't want any part of, in my opinion. If I'm looking anywhere, I would say that just with regards to a guy that fills it up in every single statistical aspect among the short shots, I would probably be taking a little bit more of a look. Personally, I Mookie Betts because I Mookie Betts is just a human highlight reel. He is one of the few guys in which you're going to see his defense really be able to get him some highlights because, I mean, we saw with the diving catch he wound up having against the San Diego Padres last season, early on during the season, when it came to the World Series, he wound up making some absolutely superb plays there. Does a great job of being 
one of the few guys that actually steals bases. A lost art in this day and age of baseball. And by the way, bases are actually now a little bit bigger. That's not going to make much of an impact, but you might see a couple more steals this year. But when it comes down to it, I do think that with regards to the board, you got to be taking a look at some more short or some more long options just because the short shots, they don't necessarily offer you a lot of value because I mean, with, with Juan Soto, the big fear is that he's just going to be walked so many times that he's not going to be able to give you as many home run numbers. Because if you take a look at the second half of the season, there were five players in the National League that had more than 50% of the walks that Juan Soto wound up having. Juan Soto walked, I believe it was 85 times after the All-Star break. You wound up having five other guys walk more than 43 times. So that tells you right there that pitchers are just going to go around Juan Soto. They're going to take their risk with everyone else on the Washington Nationals. So I do think that that is something that you've really got to be keeping in the back of your mind. And when it comes down to it, with regards to the St. Louis Cardinals, I do think that you've got a couple guys with some value. Certainly Tyler O'Neill is a little bit of a short shot, but if you take a look at the way that someone like a Paul Goldschmidt was able to close out the year, maybe Nolan Arenado winds up getting back to his MVP form. Those are guys that you want to be taking a look at, and you've got to be looking at health as well because the two short shots from last year, Fernando Tatis Jr. along with Jacob deGrom, you wind up having both of those guys get banged up. So those short shots that you wind up having there, that wound up being a little bit of an issue for you. So you want to be taking a look at guys that you think are going to be able to play the full 162. And when it comes to playing a full season, we're seeing that in college basketball. Coming up next, I've got my DK Nation pick for this college basketball Saturday involving the Elite Eight. That's up next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Rules are just like. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.